My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. All right, let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. I feel so good to say. <laughs> uh, today, I have a very special guest, someone who I've already recorded with. Issues came up, tech issues, but we're back. We're doing it again. Emma Weston, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? Really good. Um, I'll start off with another apology, obviously, for this. It was really embarrassing for me because I there was a stage before I started this second season um, with all the episodes back in May, and I kept telling you, yeah, the episode, it's coming out. It's about <laughs> to come out. It's about to come out. And I wasn't posting weekly like I am right now. And when I was editing, I'm like, holy crap, it's not there. <laughs> like, I, I had everything, and the video was only 15 minutes. Um... It came up that there was 45 minutes available, which is what it lasted last time. And I don't know what happened with my drive. So I'm sorry about no, that. It's okay. But this is fun. I'll do it again. Yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. And I mean, we're, we were talking right before this. We're, we're friends. So it's, yeah. it's really more of a conversation at this point than an interview. Very funny because when people pull up, I was telling you, like, they're like, well, the Ritz, like, R- the Ritz is where I live. But um, the, the Ritz, like what is this place? And then it's like, yeah, my room's over there. And then you just walked in, open the door by yourself. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I've been here way too long. Um, way too many times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another embarrassing thing is that I mentioned in Bjorn's episode, episode oh. 12, I was like, yeah, uh, Emma helped me pronounce uh, Soldertage. Almost, yeah, Solitalia. Yeah, there we go. I messed <laughs> it up this time, but I was like, yeah, Emma Weston, uh, episode 10. And that never happened, so that's embarrassing. But <laughs> anyways, let's let's dive deep into it. Um, Emma Weston, for those that may not know you, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yeah, I'm Emma. I play on the Calvin soccer team. I'm from Sweden, senior, fifth year senior, so really old. Um, yeah, I'm from Stockholm, moved here for college. Yeah, uh, fifth year, and it's kind of crazy. The last time we recorded was back in... May and a lot of things has have happened since then. Um, like I said, you're the second Swede that has officially been here, but the first woman soccer player. Um, I told you I was going to mention something funny in the beginning of this episode. When I was doing my research, even though we're friends, I mean, I have to do some research just to prepare for this. And I Googled um, Emma Weston. And what came up was a picture of you on Google. But the explanation was Swedish pro golfer. Yes, there is a Swedish golfer named Emma Weston. It's your picture, and it has her details. It's really? like it has Ladies European Tour, first person uh, to win three Lady European Tours in one season. Uh, it says you're 30 years old, that, <laughs> that you're from Bora, Sweden, um, all these things. So so that was interesting. Yeah. But, but to dive into um, who you actually are, what was your life like before Cal? You mentioned that you moved here 
to the United States basically to play college soccer and to study here. What was life like back in Stockholm? Were you, were you born in Stockholm? Were you raised there? Yes. Okay. Or just maybe like an hour outside of Stockholm, still like part of the big area of Stockholm and not city city. So lived by a lake, grew up in a house, um, really nice neighborhood in terms of like we had, I lived at lived on the end of the street so we had probably five houses where all the kids were my age so we would just play around with each other and like shoot basketballs and um we had a little soccer goal on um our little um garden in the front and uh everyone would just play together and it was just it would be it would be nice in in your bio um for cal it it describes like your your family in the sense that you're both parents and then your younger brother mm-hmm. how big is that age gap and i'm only asking because were you like playing with your neighbors as if they were your siblings at that point yeah because all of us were the same it was like maybe three years apart um and my brother is two years younger than me so we had three girls my age one girl one years younger and then two girls or one you know the like the drill it was like probably like four years apart everyone so yeah we just grew up to with each other and they were like my second family so that's nice um how how did you get into soccer like from such an early age you just mentioned right now that i mean basketball is a thing soccer is a thing is it just part of the swedish culture or how did you get into it Okay, I want to say, though, I'm terrible at basketball, so that was really only a thing, like, up until, I don't know, age of 10, and then I just stopped. I okay. cannot. <laughs> um, my dad was a, he's a huge soccer fan, and it's, like, the biggest sport in Sweden, so um, it was very natural for people to start playing when they were five or six, so that's what I did, and continued. I played in the same club until I was 18 and moved here. Yeah. Um, so that's also like a second home for me, just all the people around there. And it was very close to home too. So I knew a lot of people and it was just, it was great. I mean, 12 years in the same club is yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting um, that you mentioned that you started playing at such a young age because I was talking to my physical therapist here at Cal um, while I was like rehabbing for my meniscus early this season and they were mentioning the ACL in women's soccer like the whole situation how it's a very common injury I mean not that it's something you expect but at this point like your team prepares for it um, you expect like two to three every season which sucks um, and I was asking him like why is that the case why do women's players just tear their ACLs easier than the men's players and usually there's like this idea of like it has to do with the hips and the body anatomy and all these things but he was telling me that it has to do also with the fact that many girls start playing way after the boys oh really um obviously I am not a physical therapist I'm not a doctor I'm not anything but this is what they were telling me they were saying that it makes sense because like for boys or for for like kids that still play soccer to this day we started playing when we were like five or six and like our muscles were pretty much developing since then in comparison to some of the girls that start a few years later and they barely start developing their muscles and they go at a much faster pace and then eventually it'll happen so 
That's interesting yeah, that that's you mentioned that. I've never heard that theory before because I've always, also always heard the hips thing and how that affects the ACLs, but maybe. Hopefully that'll benefit you. Like yeah. I said, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but if it's true, I hope it benefits you since you started at a really young age. Um, you grew up playing soccer. What was your education like in Sweden and how important was school for you? Um, kind of like the same as here. Um, went through, um, I don't even know, elementary school, middle school, I don't know the names, but um, all the way up until high school. I actually went to um, music school for okay. fourth to sixth grade. Um, so that was really fun. My mom is really into um, singing and choir, so she, I applied to the school and got in for some reason. And then, so that was really fun. And then for um, year seven to ninth, I actually went to athletic school. Okay. Um, so that was just, we had a lot more PE than other, um, I don't want to say regular, like it's, an, but like regular um, class or schools. And then I went to high school, just normal high school. Um, with the musical and athletic, are there like themed schools in Sweden or how does that work? Um, not usually. It's just like I happen to, there's like two music schools in Stockholm. Okay. So I applied to that and the athletic program. I don't know if that's, I don't think it's that common. It was just like in my area, they had one and I wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's the, the music school, the athletic school, and then the NARP school pretty much. <laughs> it's actually the same school. It's just like they had... Because we go with the same 30 or 20 people. So then you'd go with your classmate. We're all like athletic people. But like the whole school wasn't just like athletics. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, growing up, I mean, obviously you grew up in Sweden. When was it that you started learning English? Um, I think third grade. We started learning it in um, school. And did you practice it like from there until college pretty much? It was mainly when started watching YouTube videos and stuff like that when you become more comfortable. But from maybe third grade up until eighth grade, it was mostly in school that you learn. And then in high school, which in high school, I mean, you mentioned right now that it was seventh through ninth grade and then high school. So it's only three years of high school over there? Yeah. Okay. So it's those three years. And yeah, I figured, I mean, with social media and all these things, you just pretty much learn English yeah. at this point, right? I mean, now I feel very comfortable, but I also wanted, I should have said that in the beginning, if I see something stupid, then um, I apologize, because sometimes things don't come out the way that I want it, because it's not my first language. But yeah, I mean, now I feel comfortable, and I don't really care, because in the beginning when I got here, I was very conscious about saying things the correct way, and like, what will people think, because I'm not um, fluent in English, but now I'm just, uh, no one cares, so. I mean, at this point you're fluent, but I can relate to it because some things that you can say in another language just don't come through the yeah. right way. I've said it, like, even to this day. I mean, I'm not sure I can label any language as my first language. To me, English and Spanish are my first language, yeah. and that's just how it is. That's I, so cool. Like, I basically learned them at the exact same time. My English is better than my Spanish um, in overall terms, but still it's like I sometimes think in Spanish and sometimes I think in English. Yeah. Sometimes I dream in English, sometimes I dream in Spanish. Like it's all these certain things. And even this season, like I'm not gonna mention it because it, it came off as really bad, <laughs> but I said something with my team uh, in English that makes perfect sense in Spanish. Oh, yeah. 
and it was really bad. Yeah. So I've done that too. It's just like in your head, you go a direction, and then you're like, nope, cannot see that. To this day, they still bring it up. Oh, really? <laughs> Christian Gomez, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention it here, but he knows exactly I'll what I'm talking about. You can ask him. I will not mention it here. Um, but anyways, I'm asking about all of that because you've mentioned previously the reasons that you wanted to come study in the U.S. was because of higher education and combined with yeah. sports, which isn't something that is available in Sweden and mostly, honestly, mostly in, in all of Europe slash the rest of the world because a lot of people come to the U.S. specifically yeah. to be able to do both. So what was that like? What was your recruiting process like to get to Cal? Um, so I had an American coach probably from when I was 14. Um, and then one of my best friends, she her dream was always go to college. So through that, I kind of got the idea that, oh, this is actually possible, I can do this. And then I started, I made a video of myself playing from games and stuff, sent it out to a couple of coaches around the, the US, didn't know what to expect, and then got a couple of replies and it kind of just went from there. So my recruiting process, the way I did it is I organized an Excel in like what schools I was interested in and what programs I was interested in. And then I'd combine them. And that's how I sent out my videos. Did you have any strategies for like what teams or coaches you sent out the videos to? Or was it literally random, like what you could find? I actually just went by rankings. So I went through the education part of it and then also soccer and then just sent out the best, like the best combination basically. And then also, um, my dad used to work in the area, so he knew about Cal, and it's a great education and great soccer team, so that's also part of it, why I sent out an email too. Okay, yeah, so pretty much the same combination, because I did the same thing with yeah. with school and, and soccer. Um, what year was this when you were sending out videos? Uh, probably my junior year, so pretty late in terms of like American standards, I guess. Yeah, I mean American standards for women's soccer because for men's soccer it's like oh yeah, it's later for that, you guys. That's when you start, but for women's soccer, especially women's sports, actually something I've realized is that the recruiting class knows each other from way beforehand. Like mm -hmm. I see, I mean, what what year are we in? Twenty twenty one. I see like pictures of like Cal women's soccer class of twenty twenty six, and they're all together in the uniforms, and it's like yeah. what? Like I knew the kids in my class because I mean Armand, Juan and Colin are all from San Diego Togo we played against growing up but for other people I don't know how they'd know each other unless they were playing against each other or yeah, something like that and it's all because they get recruited so early even because for us sometimes recruit, recruits will come on campus and we'll have these big groups coming on and then they'll all get to know each other and we'll host them and do fun things so I guess that's how yeah. No, that's that's important. So I was asking all of that because, I mean, like you said, it's late in the process. Did you ever fly in to come into one of those recruiting uh, trips? Um, yeah, I went one spring of my junior year. I visited um, Cal and then Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and then when I committed, I also went. Uh, it wasn't our official visit, but it was, well, it technically was mine, but I couldn't go and all the other um the real official visit was so it was actually me and Emily Smith just us because she had she was at the World Cup or something so we did it together so that was fun so Emily Smith was at the World Cup with the US yes when the like the actual official visit was so then her and I had to go later 
Oh, that's crazy how, yeah, how so life works. Yeah, so that's just so funny that she was the first in my class that I met, and also now we've been living together for four years. And So, so for everybody that doesn't know, Emily Smith, uh, great person, great player. Emma's pretty much ba- like best friend here at Cal. Um, they've lived together for four and a half, and a half years now. Yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So that's crazy that that's the first person yeah. that you guys met. I mean, some things are just meant to be, I guess, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's nice. A great story. Um when you, I mean, like I said, you already prioritized your education because if you wanted to take the pro route and just stay there, you could have. Did you have in mind what you wanted to major in or was it purely just like, I want to have the college education? Um, I knew what I liked. I was more into science and um, math and stuff because in Sweden, you actually pick a major in high school. It's a little less specific than it is here. You just pick like science or econ or social sciences so it's not very specific but so I went to the science program so I knew kind of that I wanted to do something ish with that and kind of maybe go in a business but more than that I didn't really okay and and when you did finally um go to Cal you arrived to Cal in 2017 yes all right so fall 2017 you show up to Cal freshman year Mm -hmm. what was it like just coming to cal forget about the soccer just showing up uh obviously very different place you have been to the u.s before but you've never lived here right yeah so what was that experience like for you just like before even season started do you remember yeah i mean it was I think for all freshmen coming in, um, it's just such a different place. You you might be living from home for the first time ever, and it's just all these new things. Um, but I guess for me, I also had the added piece that I didn't really, I mean, I knew English, but it wasn't my first language, and it, the college system was new to me. I've always had my classes picked out for me, and like I went with the same group of people. And here, now suddenly, I had to pick my own schedule, and I had to go to these different classes with different people, and I just wasn't used to that. So um, it was very overwhelming, but also, like, such a cool experience because, yeah, as you mentioned, schools and sports aren't really connected in Sweden. So this whole spirit thing and, like, um, these pep rallies and all of that isn't really a thing back home, so that was super exciting and cool to see when I came here. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's awesome that you get the best of both worlds yeah. in a way. Diving into season, um, you were doing pretty good right right off the bat. Um, freshman year, you started in the season opener against UC Irvine, so the first possible game of your career, you're starting, which uh-huh. is crazy to think about, um, and you assisted. <laughs> yeah. What was that experience like? I the the funny thing is that after that game, I was like, "Wow, I got wrecked," because it was so fast paced, and I wasn't used to. Because in college, it's very different compared to home. It's a lot of um, everyone just goes in and runs because they can get subbed out. And in Sweden, it was more a little bit more tactical and a more I don't want to say slow paced, but like less frantic. So I went into that and I was like, oh my God. Um, So I was definitely shocked after the first game. But yeah, it was so cool to be able to assist and start my first game. Like that was super exciting. Yeah, and for for you guys, especially like you mentioned with the subs, you guys sub a lot. Um, The rules in, in college soccer, for those that may not know, in the first half, or at least this is the male's rules, so correct me if I'm wrong, but in men's soccer, uh, men's collegiate soccer, 
you can so like take a player out um, one time in the first half, and in the second half, it's unlimited. Is that the same way with women's soccer? A perf- I think it's like you can only get subbed out twice or three times in the second half. But basically, that's like if you sub more than that, then if a player goes in and out of the game three times, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's a lot. But yeah, still, that's a lot. you but guys yeah. make a lot of subs, um, which is. I mean, beneficial to the style of play that you guys are doing, and, and I get it, like, sprint, sprint, sprint. Oh, oh my God. There, there we go. go. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. You're good. Um, w- what I was saying is that it benefits uh, your style of play a lot, um, not yours specifically, but the, the team. So that's really nice. And, and overall, you had 19 appearances, 9 starts, which is, I mean, pretty good for, for freshman year, but how are you feeling? Because obviously when we come in from high school, we're all expecting to play a lot the way we've always had uh, in the past. So how was that experience for you? 19 appearances is really good for a freshman, but nine starts, uh, which is also very good for a freshman, uh, maybe isn't what you're used to. So what were you thinking at the time? Um, I think... I was just struggling outside of the field in terms of um, school was really hard. I took a really intensive um, writing class, so like English class, so that was really um, tough on me. And I mean, socially, I loved the team. I had a lot of fun, but it was, as I said, you're not fully yourself. If you can't speak the language in the way that you want to, you're not as funny. You're not as quick. So that was definitely also hard. Um, And I think that affected soccer a little bit for me in terms of I brought that stress into in between the lines, basically. Um, So, yeah, I definitely feel like I um, could have done better uh, at just like shutting that out. so that was definitely really rough, and I the coach was really hard on me because obviously you have a lot of expectations when you come in as an international. And um, but yeah, I think overall looking back at that, um, it was a good season for me. Just thinking of the circumstances, uh, but I don't know about I don't remember what my expectations were actually. Um, okay. But yeah, it's rough when you're used to starting and then you're starting half the games. It's like, yeah. Yeah. No, it it is definitely weird but overall I mean you have three assists one goal uh, 98th in the freshman top jar soccer postseason so I mean that that's really good but the cultural shifts are obviously very tough and even for me like I've lived in California my entire life but I was in a cultural bubble my entire life up until college um, and then I realized like whoa this is not what I'm used to um, and like I said I'm only an hour flight away like yeah. it's not even that bad but it affects me in in things that we can relate to for example um, even to this day where it's been two and a half years of me being in college for you it's four four and a half and playing things like quiplash for example <laughs> like we both don't really participate in it when, when we play here in the living room because it's like culturally we're just not funny that way and we don't get it that way um for those that don't know what quiplash is just google it i guess i'm yeah we we can't explain it here um but it's it's just one of those things where like culturally i'm not used to it and i would try it out but it's like i'm not gonna be funny at the game and it's not gonna work out um so it's it's one of those things but how long did you do you think that obstacle took 
to get past? Um, about a year. Okay. Because after the first year, I, like, I'd, I'd done everything. I went through a fall season. I went through spring. And also, I did talk to a mental coach over the summer um, just to... <laughs> just to like get everything because school was really difficult and my parents were like you need to start because like I expected myself to do just as well in school here as I did in my first language back home which um is not normal maybe I did really well anyways but like the stress that I had because I just wanted to be the best at everything I did kind of just took the fun out of it too so I did go to a mental coach and that really helped too where does that uh, perfectionist Emma come from I don't know I just don't I think it's a, a fear of failure okay I just I really want to be the best at everything I do is that still something you hold to this day yeah but I've learned to uh, tone it down a little bit I try to just think that it's not the end of the world okay I still with that, I still want to do as well as I can, um, you know, yeah. like you always want to do the best. What advice would you give to international freshmen coming into Cal or that are currently at Cal and may feel the same way that you did back then? Um, it's funny that you say that because I was just talking to a Swedish girl who plays at UCLA. Um, and I mean, what I told her was that it will work out in the end, like... I went through this and I got out of it um, and you will too but just it will be rough in the beginning like everything is not going to be the same as home and you just have to it takes time for you to adjust and that's that's okay um, but like me being here for four years I think that's proof that um, it's a great experience and I just I love every second of it and I even though freshman year was a little rough like I've had the best four years here and it's been amazing. With those four years, I mean, obviously you started off with uh, with freshman year and it got better mm -hmm. from there. But um, you, we we already mentioned Emily and the connection that you two have. Yeah. You were roommates freshman year, mm -hmm. right? And you're both really close to all my roommates. Um, yeah. Who I mean, my roommates here. Yeah. Uh, with Church and Goose and I mean they're not here anymore, but Tommy and Kaleo. Um, and even Dylan, mm -hmm. you guys are really close with, with them. Did that start from freshman year? Yes, that started in the dorms. And how helpful was, was that for you? Oh, it was great. Um, it was really nice. And I think a part of why we became so close was because we lived in the dorms that most athletes did not live in. So not that we didn't have a choice but to hang out with each other, but it was very like, oh, it's us now. Like we hang out and we hung out a lot that year and I'm so thankful for that and just went through it together that was Foothill right yes okay yeah we well I was at Foothill as well women's soccer my class was not at Foothill but yeah. but yeah um obviously not the best of dorms <laughs> um but I don't want to say that out loud but yeah <laughs> yeah not the best of dorms but it's it's nice that you guys got to build that connection yeah. so shout out to everyone I, I mentioned yeah. um moving on to sophomore year you go from the nine starts and 19 appearances, so half of that, to a sophomore year where you're the only player to appear in and start all 19 games in the, the fall of 2018. Yeah. What changed? <laughs> as I, I think it was, as I said, I just came into it with a new mentality and just like, oh, I've done everything now. There's nothing to 
be scared of or be like you know um and I just I just played like I I'm used to playing um so it was definitely a weight off my shoulder too and that season was even though we didn't do very well that season it was still very um fun for me to be able to prove myself in that way you mentioned that you worked with a mental coach over the summer what type of things were you guys working on and how did that help you be able to accomplish this your sophomore year um i think it was definitely the a part of it was the expectation um part of it um in terms of me having to be realistic about um where i'm coming from and um what i can expect of myself not to take away from goals and stuff like that in terms of like what i want to achieve um and then it was also we talked about the fear of failure um because i a part of it was uh, my fear of penalty kicks actually and that was just a huge huge obstacle for me like even from i don't know seven years old like every time there would be a penalty shootout I would cry I would just not obviously I'm not crying now but inside I am um and that was just like something that we worked on a lot um with him too so interesting and yeah how do you work on such a thing practice because okay. I think um well it's funny because last season I was the penalty kick taker for our team and I would just, before every game, I would take um, penalty kicks. Like, the practice before every game, I would take, I would practice it. So I knew when I, like, stepped up there, I would be able to do it. Yeah, I I actually remember that you mentioned this yeah. now. I, I had forgotten from May, but you did mention that the fear of penalty kicks mm-hmm. and and how you went from being scared and crying when you were seven <laughs> yeah. to actually being the penalty kick taker yeah. at one of the biggest programs in the nation. So... So that's pretty cool. Um, your sophomore year as well, you were the assist leader. You had four assists and four goals. And you were the on the second team uh, for Pac-12 All-Academic Honors. Um, how did academics look then? What was going on in, during sophomore year for you? Um, it was a lot better that too because I just let go of the stress about, oh, I have to be the best. I have to be this. And with that, I actually ended up doing almost better because I just sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to stress about it. Um, In the spring, I took a lot of units because I had to meet a unit, I don't know, for applying to business school. But I was so organized. I had my planner. I had like every day plan out and I I was tutoring too. Uh, There was a lot going on, but I, yeah, that was... That year was great for academics, too. What were you tutoring in? In math. In math. Okay, so you love math. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that I love. I loved, like, calculus, but then going into, like, linear algebra, and, no. Okay. <laughs> um, what made you choose business at the end of the day instead of the sciences that you were passionate about before? Um, I think it was the fact that I couldn't find a great match for me in terms of because I didn't want to do just math and I didn't want to just go into I don't know biology or chemistry because I didn't like the actual lab part of it um and then I always wanted to try business so at that point I was like okay I'm gonna apply to business school see what happens and see if I like it and then I got in um and that was a cool experience it was um 
But I think, yeah, that was the main reason. Well, what was that experience made up of? Or, like, could you elaborate on how, how that was a cool experience for you? The, the business side of it? Well, I think I learned that maybe pure business wasn't my thing, first of all, because um, it was, I am more of a math person, which I realized, and I like the just nitty-gritty sitting and solving problems. And business is like solving problems, but I liked having an answer that was is very I'm like like black and white in that sense and business was very oh it can be that way or they can it can be this way and I'm like no it has to be one <laughs> way um so I really like the um like the business analytics classes and the more like uh, quantitative classes but then when it came to communication or like that I was like mm, maybe not for me are you black and white in any other areas of your life like is that who you are as a person oh uh, wow good question I don't know yeah I do like a straightforward answer but I don't know if I'm like that in every aspect do you like straightforward problems yeah okay so keep it straightforward with, sure. with Emma Weston <laughs> I'm just messing with you but it was it was interesting you're it's a good way to put it and I mean I do like things like that as well I feel like you just like a tangible answer Mm -hmm. or tangible solutions but for me I'm like the complete other way I I used to like math at some point in my life Mm -hmm. I I think just some of the classes I've taken made me lose that passion that I used to have um but but yeah I enjoy writing a lot now and obviously like doing essays for example Mm -hmm. there's no single answer when you're doing an essay you can go all over the place Mm -hmm. and that's what I love like I I really enjoy (laughs) that and being creative in that sense so yeah very different people I'm very the opposite way essays are just a killer's heel for me like not I mean I'm doing it but I just not fun do you think that has anything to do with the cultural shift? For example, numbers in the U.S. and in Sweden are the exact same. Essays aren't. Do you think that played a role? Maybe. I don't know. I just came but up with But actually, mind. though, I when I took my math here, there was still, like, difference compared to back home. Like, I, it was like I had to relearn math because you guys... Well, first of all, the language and all the terms and all that... And then uh, just the way that you wrote things, some formulas you were used differently and all that. So it's still like it was a little bit of a difference. But I, I guess, yeah, in in the broad sense, it was the same. I mean, yeah, that, that may play a role. Um, something I that also just came up in my mind, I've realized that many people's ways of thinking or cultural approaches have to do with how they learn languages or what is made up of their languages for example um i am bilingual bicultural right Mm -hmm. i literally live on both sides of the border yeah um and something that i've noticed recently is that obviously pronouns are a thing here um in the collegiate life or, or in the u.s it's like you introduce your names and your your pronouns yeah and that doesn't really make sense for people in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about it so much, like, why would that not, not make sense for them? Like, using they, for example. Mm. And I've realized that it's all, like, some of the words are just made up in, like, 
male or female. For example, oh, yeah, yeah. casa, house, mm-hmm. carro, car. Yeah. With the O at the end, that's male. With the A at the end, that's yeah. female. And there's no, like, it's like papa, mama. That's mom and dad. Yeah. But, but see how it's different? Like, you, can, you can just say parents. And yeah. in Spanish, it's papas. So it, it, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. And it, I've realized that that's how people think. Mm-hmm. Going back to the question, do you think there's anything like that with Swedish and, and English? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because we don't have the feminine, masculine thing that I know Spanish has. Um, obviously, the language is really different, um, but it's not because I've heard that before that the way that different people with different like languages view an object can has to do with like how um what kind of if it's feminine or if it's masculine because i know that some words in french are like someone said something about a bridge or something i don't know if that's actually true but in um spanish it's masculine and in french it's feminine and then that way people view a bridge in like different ways so i definitely think like that's a it plays a factor and it's it's just very interesting and I don't know. I'm not saying like specifically with masculine and feminine yeah. words, but it's just interesting how language plays a role oh, in the yeah. culture and how people are, are made up. Um, like the point I was trying to get across, for example, uh, he, him, she, her, they. Yeah. The they in, in Spanish is like, what? Like, where, where is that coming from? Yeah. And they're trying to like invent new words now where instead of o or a there's an e at the end to create that they and that's why people are backlashing like that's not how we were raised that's not how we were taught and it it creates that shift whereas for us like in the u.s you say they and it's like all right cool parents yeah there's it's it's neutral you know house neutral car neutral um and i don't know that was a huge parenthesis to the talk we're having, <laughs> but interesting. but it it is interesting how that could play a role in in how you the cultural shift. Yeah. Now that you're here, um, but anyways, amazing sophomore season. Um, you did well with soccer. You did well with school. Then comes junior year, Emma. Mm-hmm. That was twenty one appearances, twenty starts. So that was pretty good again. Um, in the previous two seasons you guys had 19 a total of 19 games Mm -hmm. now there was playoffs i believe right yes i I remember that actually i remember watching um 21 appearances 20 starts 11 goals you were only the fourth player in cal recent history and over the past okay i'm gonna rephrase that you were (laughs) you had 11 goals in 21 appearances and 20 starts and you were the fourth cal player in the past decade to do that did you realize that, or were you told after? I was told after, and I didn't know that at the time. I was just playing. Well, you had seven goals in seven games right off the start, and at the end, I think you had four goals in the last six games, which was crazy. What was that experience like for you? Do you remember the game that you didn't start or, and why that was? Um, yes, it was, um, it was against... See, I don't know how to put this because it was against a team that maybe wasn't as good. Um, and you can say that. Okay, well, it was that, and he decided that he was going to rest a lot of players. So. Okay. That's so Emma was just on, on her <laughs> on her M- MVP sideline thing. No, I mean, that, that makes sense, and you guys have a big roster for a reason. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, 
overall, what was the experience like for you? Consistency again. Um, it seems at this point as if you've never had a bad season before <laughs> here at Cal. So what was that like? What was that run like? You guys made playoffs. Mm-hmm. For, was that your first playoffs? Uh, second. We made it first year, too. Okay. Well, as a solidified player, first playoffs. What was that experience like for you? Did you run into any obstacles, or was it pretty much a great season once again? Um, I mean, we started out great. I think we were the only team that hadn't let in a goal in the first, I think, seven games or something. Um, so obviously that was super excited, exciting. Um, I remember, I remember the whole season as a, a great season, and I also think that the team chemistry was really good. I mean, we always have a team, a great team chemistry. So, but I think that really helped us in the Pac-12. I don't remember us. I mean, we did beat the LA schools, so that was super exciting. Uh, so we had some like really great wins. I also do remember some, some, like uh, games that were like, how did that happen? How did we lose that one? So. If I could get those ones back, then yes, because I remember us playing pretty well for most of the season. Um, but yeah, no. Obviously, there was obstacles, but for most of the time, it was good. For for me, that was my freshman year. And I actually remember that when you guys didn't let in any goals at mm-hmm. the beginning because that was Angie's first season. Oh, yeah, season. she was great that season. Well, she was Pac-12 goalkeeper of the year. Oh, yeah. Like, freshman and, like, overall mm-hmm. goalkeepers, which is yeah. crazy because there's other great teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. Shout out, Ange. Um, Shout out, Ange. But, but yeah, I mean, that was a, a great season pretty much for you guys, defensively especially. But for you personally, I mean, you put up great numbers. You started pretty much every game. Um, and not only that, but you also went to a tournament with the Swedish national team, right? With the U23s? Yes. Um, I think that was in the spring because okay. we, um, we usually don't go to national teams during um during the fall because we only it's only it's so compact already it's only three months of 20 games so if you're if you're gone for two weeks then you're missing four games so uh but yeah that was in the spring and that was super exciting um most of those people i i was on the youth national teams with so i knew a lot of them so it was just fun seeing everyone again and um go to spain yeah, yeah. yeah I, I figured it was in Spain because the tournament was called La Manga. So yeah. I was like, yeah, for sure in Spain. Um, that season, U.S. soccer coaches second team all-region. So that was your first all-region team. Um, All-district all district first team and Pac-12 academic honor roll. You mentioned that you went with the Swedish national team mm-hmm. in the spring. That was spring 2020. That was pandemic. So where were you at in, during the spring and, and what, where were you during yeah. March of 2020? No, we were in um, we were in Spain, and that's when people started really taking COVID seriously. We were like, oh, this is actually a thing. And I remember coming back, and the day after we came back, that's when everything shut down. Um, so, like, practices were canceled, and people were scared of me because I just came from traveling, and they were like, oh, Emma... Um, but yeah, and then I spent two weeks with Keely Gifford here until my mom and dad got scared that I wouldn't be able to go home. So then, um, I went home. Yeah. That's crazy. So you were traveling in March of 2020 from Europe to here. (laughs) Wow. 
Wow, that is that is interesting. Um, I remember you mentioning being with with Kaylee. Um, you stayed with Kaylee for two weeks, and then yeah, your parents yeah. made that decision to go back to Sweden. Everybody was scared here. Everybody mm-hmm. was freaking out. You fly back to Sweden, and and what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, people. It was very chill back home, in the sense that no one was wearing a mask. Um, there was not many restrictions, mainly just suggestions, because we didn't have laws in place that could force people to wear masks or do these things. Um, so it was definitely coming from a place here where everything was shut down, had to wear a mask, you could barely go outside, it felt like sometimes, um, to going home and everyone's just kind of living like normal, even though it wasn't normal. Um, so yeah. How did you feel about that personally? Um, well, I mean, it was nice because Berkeley around the time where everything shut down was depressing. Like, it was not great. And, um, but at the same time, it was, it was a debate back home if we should have done things differently. Because, like, I mean, for the economy, it was great because everything was up and running. But there was a lot of elderlies that, um, had, like, took the hit from how we approached things. So, yeah. Did you resume your, your normal life, or did you and your family do things differently? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, my parents did, worked from home. We didn't see as many people. Like, we didn't... So, it was, like, it was definitely different. Um, the league, because I ended up playing with a team back home, um, canceled for the first... It took a break for the first, I don't know, two or, like, a month or two when I was home. Um so, like, that was different because we didn't know if we were going to play or not. Um, yeah, so it was definitely, like, you couldn't hang out with as many people, but, yeah. Other than that, it was pretty normal. Yeah, I didn't go on public transportations and stuff like that, but, yeah. Uh, and what about that team that you were with? Um, the first month is pretty much March. The second is April. By May, by June-ish, you guys were already training again? Um, we were actually training starting I think beginning of April wow yeah and then um oh no I did that again sorry (laughs) you're good you're good um um but I think the league our first game was probably early June um and then at at that point they had to like play two games uh, a week and it was very compact okay interesting um what do you mean by it being very compact, like in, in terms a sense of, like, of they schedule? They squeeze the okay. all the games together because we missed two months of the season. Got it. So you you guys were pretty much trying to finish off the season um, with that team. I saw that you met Slatan. Yeah. What was that like? It was that his team that you were playing on, or what was the case? Yeah, he is a a part time owner in the club. Um, so he was. Because he was also home, I think, from Italy at that point. He was training with the men's side. And then he just suddenly showed up to our practice. And we didn't know anything. And he was like, can I join? Like, obviously, our coach knew it, that he was going to be there. So then he practiced the whole practice with us, which was so cool. What was that experience like for you? Do you, like Was there anything specific that you remember that's like standing out from that experience? I think it... Well... In, in the media, you know how he's always very cocky and, like, very out there, but he was so nice. Like, he he was such 
like a fun guy to talk to and like he was giving us tips and stuff like I got to be on the same team as him which was so fun because in like little huddles between drills he would like say things and stuff and he was just like laughing and joking around so that I really got to see another side of him than what um you maybe see in the media I mean in the media he has to do his his role and play his job and be that character which obviously sells a lot but I'm sure as a person he, he must be great and and getting to know him on that aspect of yeah. things is so fun i mean yeah. i can't imagine if slatan is already like one of the biggest figures for me i can't imagine what yeah. it would be like to one play with him but two being from sweden and playing mm-hmm. with him that, that must be awesome um what was that experience like with that team uh is it close to home were you still with your family at that point yeah it's it's in central stockholm so um i mean i had 25 to 30 minutes with a car into um so that was great um it's actually my my dad's favorite team growing up so he was super excited too um but yeah that whole season was uh amazing and it was weird because there was no fans at all and the the team is and the the club is known for having a great supporter uh it's a great supporter club in the sense that um there's usually a lot of people. I think they they broke the record now. There was like I think eighteen thousand at the women's game. Wow, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, we there weren't any fans that were allowed, um, so that was weird. But we ended up um, advancing to the professional league, so that was such a cool experience too. Yeah, in a, in a way, you were a pro player for yeah, for exactly. a year or so. Um, you went from collegiate to pro, and you went from second division to first division, which is awesome. That must yeah. be a great experience. What were your uh, numbers like in terms of playing time, or, or how was that for you? Um, I actually ended up playing a lot, um, which was super exciting. I Well, I had some uh, head injuries that put, um, put me out for some games, but started the majority of the games there um and yeah it was it was great yeah Yeah, I mean I think that in a way it solidifies you as like a very legit player to go from college to pro and being like playing like normal regardless whether it's second or first division it comes to show you that you're ready and that you can take that step whenever you choose to do so um but then you come back for your senior year Mm -hmm. here at Cal it is very different to what Sweden is like. Like yeah. you said, it was depressing. I remember at one point during the spring of 2020, I was like, I need to get out of Berkeley mm-hmm. for a bit. And I was like just driving around because literally like our Friday night plans or Saturdays was like, all right, boys, let's order food and <laughs> yeah. we'll watch a movie. And it's like, what? And, and it's annoying for everyone because we were with the same roommates playing with the same teammates Mm -hmm. and that was it and besides that i was locked in this room just with my computer right Mm -hmm. here and that was it that was my life and it must have been so tough for someone that had tasted liberty for such a long time (laughs) and then coming back to this so what was that experience like for you um when was it that you came back until january or or when yeah early like january 4th probably because you had to quarantine for a longer time right Exactly. Um, and then also, just because we had a spring season, we had to come back earlier for that because um, we started practicing earlier than usual. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. you, guys, you guys started season... Well, you guys always start season before us. 
Yeah, but this was, we usually come back around the 20th, and this time it was it was very early. I mean, like, in general, like, even when it's during the fall, you guys start a week or two before us. So now that I got shifted to the spring, that's why you guys came in even yeah. earlier. Um, I do remember that. That season, team captain. Yeah. Uh, uh, step up there. Um, so team captain, all Pac-12, 30 team, all district team again. Pac-12 on a roll again. Played and started in all of the eight games that you guys played. Um, or was it, wait, all the eight games that you were in? That I was in, because I missed the last five games of the season. Okay, so that all the, all of the games that you were in, we'll touch on that in a bit. Regardless of whether you missed some of the games, you were the assist and goals and uh, I mean, you were the leader in goals and, and assists. And then you played at least 80 minutes in every single game that you were in, which, like we said, is a lot because of all the subs you guys do. So obviously you're a key player, and then you missed the last five games. So what was that experience like from being so consistent, reaching a pro level, coming back, team captain, being pretty much the person that runs the team in the midfield, and then that happens? Yeah, I mean, from in the summer, I had two concussions um, back to back, uh, but I was only out for maybe a week or two. And then I didn't have any issues. Um, and then I came back and I all the my symptoms came back and I think it was April or something. And that was definitely because if you have a hamstring injury, it's like, okay, you can't play. That sucks. But you can at least do everything else. Like you can do school, you can do social activities. Um, but for me, it was like, oh, I can't focus. I can't do this. It's just like so rough when you have a head injury like that. And especially in COVID times where you're not allowed to see people or do anything like that. So obviously that was tough, but it was five games. Could have been worse. You know? Yeah. I mean, even COVID times, um, yeah. five games is, is a lot because like you said, there's not much to do besides be home, play soccer and being on your phone and your screen time is yeah. limited because right. of this injury. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's, that's obviously not great news. What happened when you went into the summer with that concussion? Did it stay? Did it go back? Um, I left here feeling fine. Like, I was good. And I actually played all summer. I didn't play on a team because I couldn't play on the professional team now. I practiced with them, but I wasn't allowed to to play because of NCAA rules. Um, but, like, I was at a national team camp. was fine there. Um... And then I think I managed to go the whole summer avoiding heading, which I think that's what, what happens when I, when I came back, that I headed a couple of balls, and I guess my head wasn't ready for that. Um, and, yeah, now we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I miss most of the season, unfortunately. But, yeah. Obviously, that is the unfortunate part. You go from... A freshman year that, like we said, all right, maybe not to your expectations, but you were there playing and, and starting in half of the games. Sophomore year, you are the person on the team. Junior year, you're running the midfield. Senior year, you're running the midfield, and then the last five games are taken out. Um, and then you decide to come back for a fifth year. What went into the decision of coming back for a fifth year? You and Emily were the only ones that decided to come back. Emily's already drafted in the NWSL. You are most likely to go pro in Europe. 
so what was that decision like what why did you make that decision was it because of the injury um it was there was a lot of i made a pro con list like i was um i first of all since we missed our senior season i kind of wanted to have a better ending to things i wanted a real last season um with the team and everything um I also, it was, one part of it was the education because I managed to get a double major, um, which I realized that I, because I did data science too, and that was a little bit more of what I wanted to do. Um, so then I got to double major, which was super exciting. And then just, I, I mean, I love being here. Um, so that also went into it. And then in Sweden, we go from, Jan like it's a January to November season. So coming back home and jumping in a season in the middle, I was like, maybe it's better if I stay here and then I can start fresh with the team and have the same kind of opportunity as everyone else. Yeah, and I mean, you, you talk about how important it is for you to finish your career off that way. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Um, you ended up playing in your fifth year. You were still the team captain, but the concussion injury kept you out for a while just because you had those symptoms. And those symptoms didn't go away. Season starts in August and came September. Mm -hmm. We were into October and it hadn't left. You ended up playing in five games and had four starts. How was that for you? Because I mean, I can already see it in your eyes. It's like you're, you're getting pissed off about this topic. Um, and I remember I was in the gym, so I was also not traveling in the beginning of the season and not playing at all because of my uh, meniscus injury I showed up to Berkeley and I couldn't walk like when I came into Berkeley this semester um, and I remember like on our first travel trip um, I was barely starting to train again so I'm, I'm still here and you were in the gym as well and I bumped into you and that's when I, I learned about this but you stayed training consistently what kept you going Yeah, I mean, I had high expectations for this season. Um, it was my last season. I was only I was taking a reduced course load because I only had two classes to take, and I was just super excited to only be able to focus on soccer. Um, and then obviously it didn't really work out that way. Um, and I think for me, it was one part was the expectation part that I was just it hit me that, oh, this is not going to probably go the way that I want it. But then also, like, I stayed. My whole class was gone. And when you don't have that, so that soccer is going well for you, then you're like, okay, the social aspect of it is, like, I'm here for soccer. Like, my whole class is gone. And then no one, everyone's left, you know. And I was so fortunate that um, Lucas and Goose and Dylan stayed because I was – a nice part of it too that I had my group of people that was still here but yeah that was definitely mentally tough to go through and yeah yeah I mean I I must assume it's difficult because it's a big decision and it worked out that way um the entire time did you have any motivation I'm not sure if you're religious at all or if you have anything else that just kept you going some sense of belief in something that's like all right, it's going to work out. Everything happens for a reason. It'll work out. Did you have anything like that or, or no? Um, I think it. a part of it was I had such great support staff. Like I, I went and saw a doctor every week and our trainer was super supportive and they were always 
um, very optimistic. I was like, no, we're going to get you back. Like, do these things. And I was going to the eye clinic and doing eye exercises every week. I went to get, um, oh my God, I lost the word, the needle thing in your acupuncture. There we go. And like, there was so many different things that I did in order to get back because I just wanted to play. Like, that's, that was my motivation, basically. I just, I really wanted to play. And I'm super excited that I at least got five games and got to play in my my senior game. And, yeah, so. Take me through that senior day experience. We were supposed to play uh, San Diego State right before you guys. It's pouring. Field yeah. is flooded. And you guys changed the location. And you went up to Witter, which is a rugby field where we played mm-hmm. during the spring semester. What was that experience like? Um, I think, er, so I have an album on Instagram of like saved pictures Mm -hmm. and there's always like pictures I save from my guests here on the podcast or people I want to have as future guests and there's a picture I have saved from like uh, Cal Women's Soccer Senior Day and it's just you with your head (laughs) protection and it is pouring. So what was that like? It's just so funny because... I mean, senior day, you're supposed to go out on the field, like, with your parents. You get a little bit of flowers, and they say nice things about your career here at Cal, and everyone's applauding and all of that. And then it, it's raining, like, and it's raining sideways. Um, our locker room down at Goldman is flooded. Um, and just last minute, they decided to move the game up to Witter. And, yeah, it's just, it's pouring. So our senior game just ended up being oh they our parents we took one picture and everyone's like yay and then like next person and I mean it's funny to look back on because it was it was miserable in that sense like you can hit a long ball and it would almost come back to you because it was so windy and so raining but I mean we ended up winning the game so and it's kind of it's a fun experience but yeah yeah I mean for starters I'm glad you got to play in it um and then I think back then the the borders were still closed. So your family, who was your family that that went with you? Well, my parents actually, because they could get into Canada, mm-hmm. and if they quarantined there for fourteen days, they could get into the U.S. that way. So they were actually here. They came in. That's awesome. Yeah. So they came in a couple of days earlier. So they were there, and then. Whitney and Kaylee went on the field with me, took a picture, so that was really cute. Yeah. That, that's I, So yeah. I thought it was only Whitney and, and Kaylee that were there, yeah, but, but that's really nice that that all of them um, yeah. got to be there with, like, your parents included as well. Um, from this entire season, maybe not the end result you would have wanted um, in terms of how the season went, in terms of how your Cal career ended with this season, What's your big, biggest takeaway from this, from this specific season, the obstacle that you faced and, and how things worked out? Oh, wow. <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I think just patience. <laughs> like, I learned a lot how to deal with um, the mental side of it and how to stay patient and stay focused on the right thing and the things that I could um, actually control and the things that I couldn't control so just focusing on doing all my exercises and working out so when I actually did get better I was fit enough to um, play and I think um, 
if I can pat myself on the back, I think I did that because, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's focusing on the things you can't control and ignoring the rest. Yeah. Um, I just posted a video on my story, I think, yesterday, um, and it's Gary V just talking it, and he says, like, every day is a good day. That's the title of, of the video. And he says that, I mean, our chances of being born are 400 trillion to one, which is a ridiculous number yeah. to think of. And he says, like, there's 850 million people that don't have access to clean water on this earth. Why am I upset about my meeting getting canceled? Yeah. And it's crazy to put things into perspective that way. I mean, this year, especially 2020, was a very tough year for for everyone. Um, and when we think about the things that we get upset about, whether it be yeah. soccer or school or, like, stressing about a letter grade on on a test, it's like, whoa. Let's take a moment to, to take a look back. And it's not to belittle the struggles that you went through, but it's something I've had in mind because of that video, how it's like, whoa, it's, yeah, it, we should no, put things into, into perspective and, and love everything that happens. Because in a way, if you wouldn't have gone through that, you wouldn't have learned patience. And maybe yeah. right now it's frustrating, but you don't know where Emma will be in one year or two years or three years and what your pro career may present. And just thinking like, wow, the patience I learned in my senior year at Cal is helping me out now. Yeah. Maybe that could happen. I'm not sure. Definitely. And I just with the head stuff, I mean, I've gone through this now and I definitely know if I would go through it again, then I've, I've, I've done it and I know how to handle it better. So at least it's a learning experience. See, there's something good yeah. that came out for it and, and you're prepared for whatever is next. And Talking about that, what is next? What, what what's next for you uh, in your in your journey? Yeah, that is currently a little bit up in the air. Um, I've always thought that I would go back and play in Sweden. Um, it's been absolutely amazing being here, but being a little closer to family. And I've always thought that I would play pro in Europe. Um, but I mean, if the opportunity would present here in the NWSL, I would definitely not be opposed to it. But it's it's frightening not knowing exactly what you're going to do, but at the same time, it's it's exciting, too, that your life can take so many different um, directions from here on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of opportunities, whether it's NWSL or playing in the Swedish scene that you were on or, mm -hmm. or hopefully one day playing in England like we've talked oh, about yes. before. Oh, Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to say that because you don't know what team could pick <laughs> you up. True. I'm going to save this clip and we'll see where you end up playing. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what team you're <laughs> playing for. But, yeah, we, we know you're a Liverpool fan. Um, that, that, that's going to be funny in the yeah, future. Yeah, that is going to be funny. <laughs> but um, with, uh, with, with that being said, if for some reason the pro situation does or doesn't work out like the way, precisely the way you wanted it to, is there anything you'd want to do with data uh, science or, or your business major because I mean at the end of the day you're a great soccer player you can do anything you want at this point going forward whether it's NWSL in Europe or wherever mm -hmm. but you still have a double major from yeah. Berkeley and in, in two amazing majors so do you have any plans for that at some point in life or, or not really? I well my plan now was always okay I've always had something else other than soccer to focus on um, for in terms of education and I was 
now I just kind of wanted to try out what it would be like to just play soccer for a while. So I've kind of looked at, haven't like thought too much about like an actual, I don't want to say an actual job because playing soccer is a, an actual job, but like the, what I'm studying for. Uh, but definitely since I'm doing data science, there's like soccer analytics that you could go into, which is like an exciting field. If I would want to do that on the side, that would be kind of a cool combination to do. But then when my career ends at 30 or whenever, um, I guess I'll take it from there. Cause I definitely, I don't, I love the soccer part of it, but I don't know if I want to go into like being a coach or doing that. I feel like I'm more, I want to do something with the, what I've actually studied. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's obviously ex- like respectable and acceptable. It's not for everyone to want to coach. And I don't even know if I'd do that, but yeah. it's, it's always great to have that backup plan with the two great majors that you yeah. have and, and hopefully using them someday for, for something that you like. Um, and I mean, that was the plan too, with coming here and having that, if soccer for some reason wouldn't work out, if you get injured or something happens and having that to rely on and being able to use your education to work with something that you really love, then that would be great. So that's why you came here and, and you're leaving oh, yeah. with it. So, right. so that, that really worked out for you. But talking about the things you're leaving with, Obviously, I know that if you were to decide to come to the U.S. for the first time again, you would. But with that being said, biggest takeaway from Cal Women's Soccer, from your Cal experience, and from college in the U.S.? Oh, God. Um, Individually. Individually, all three? Yeah. Um, Biggest takeaway from Cal Women's Soccer is... A great team in terms of being with people that you like is a game changer because if I didn't have the people on the team then I would I wouldn't be here right now Um, and just I love every one of them and it's I've heard other people that have been on teams that they haven't felt comfortable with and they have not had the same experience that I have so definitely being in an environment around you where you can trust people and that you have fun with, that's the biggest takeaway from that. What was the second one? Cal. Cal? Cal experience. Oh, just, wow. Um, I just love this place. I love the Bay Area, love the weather. We gotta talk about the weather because back home, I mean, I love snow and winter and all of that, but the fact that it's, okay, let's see, Fahrenheit, probably 70. Um, degrees in November, like that's just, that's great. Yeah. Back home it's freezing. Um, and just like food culture, everything around Cal, um, classes, great education. I don't know. I don't know if there's one thing, just the whole experience and school spirit that I really like. And the last one was college in the U S stepping out of your comfort zone to do this. Oh yeah. I've learned so much. Um, I think the biggest thing is just meeting so many different people because in Sweden it's very, it's not as diverse in that sense and just hearing people with different stories, I've definitely got a better understanding where some people are coming from and how just like I've learned a lot from different people and it's so interesting coming here and maybe being a little close-minded and now just understanding better about different places, so definitely that open-minded towards towards everything now yeah. pretty much yeah i mean that's something i've been thinking about a lot 
recently because we're closed minded and we're against things and it's like we don't even know them we've we haven't even tried them like yeah. why are we against them and it's just something i've been questioning a lot and it makes sense um to be from a, a different place and come here and yeah. expand your thoughts and your mind and and opinion so so that's great it's also a lot of good things here but it's also made me appreciate home in a different ways because some things that i took for granted at home that you guys don't have here i'm like oh so like coming back i'll definitely be able to appreciate some stuff a lot too so that's, that's that happens great. with me all the time especially food it's like oh, i'm so glad i'm home <laughs> you know but the food here is great don't you think okay it's well, not maybe. as good as home fair enough yeah that, that's just that's just me but it is good food around here i mean the restaurants here in berkeley are very nice yeah but nothing is is like home for me so but that's pretty much it is there anything else that i missed out on or, or something you want to mention no i think this is good well it's crazy to think i was so i was writing this down and it's crazy to think that we're recording this on Wednesday the 8th mm-hmm. in a week and two days from now. We're saying Don't goodbye. Say it. Don't say I it. I know. It's weird, though. Um, obviously, I pretty much met you this year. Crazy to think that it's been less than a calendar yeah. year since we met. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty much almost goodbye. You're graduating, like, walking, like, mm-hmm. everything not this weekend but the next Mm -hmm. um this episode is coming out early in 2022 so if not the first week the second um and yeah i'm I'm just gonna say that i'm glad we met i i'm glad we got to do this again because the first time it didn't work out so thank you for for that and i hope to see you when i'm on the other side of the pond hopefully in 2022 come visit yeah i've never been to sweden gotta go i know no i i definitely will and i mean if i go it's for sure gonna be stockholm is gonna be one of the stops and go in the summer okay yes in the summer yeah that (laughs) is that is important um but but yes i will i will keep you posted on that hopefully we can see each other then and i can't wait to see what the future has in store for you whether it's nwsl or sweden or anywhere else i'm really excited um for you and, and for your journey the same way i am for your entire class. Um, obviously, it's a class I'm I'm close to because I have lived with them and gotten to know you guys through that. So, very thankful for for you guys and and everything you've done. Very thankful for you and your friendship. And yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah, much it. Right back at you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for for being here. And to everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you so much. Uh, click the subscribe button. Click the like button. Follow my podcast. Um, share this with anyone you think would enjoy it as well and yeah that's pretty much it thank you guys so much i'll see you all next time bye thank you so much for listening to today's episode make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more all at fer andraes all links are in the description if this episode inspired you in any way please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.